morning to honor the reading of God's holy word. This special day at Bible Way is a day of dedication, consecration, ordination, a day in which we rededicate ourselves to God's kingdom, our use in God's kingdom. Amen. God has instructed us to go to the gospel that has been recorded by St. Matthew, chapter 4, verses 18 through verse 22. We're reading from the New International Version. Hear the reading of God's word on this special Sunday, which God has given us a special message. Amen. Now, I must warn you, as I've said to the church earlier, I don't think this is one of those run around the church shouting messages, but I've learned never to predict what happens. Amen. But I do want you to listen this morning because God is challenging all of us from the pastor to the newest of members to those that are just listening by way of radio or viewing by way of internet. Here is the reading of the Holy Scripture, verse 18. Chapter 4, the gospel that was recorded by St. Matthews, and it reads, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is also called Peter, and Andrew. He saw them throwing a net into the water, for they they fished. for a living somebody said help from jesus amen everything verse 19 jesus called out to them and said come follow me i will show you how to fish for people verse 20 and they left their nets at once and followed him (laughs) A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James, John, sitting in a boat with their father, Deacon Zebedee. It's my Deacon Zebedee, (laughs) repairing their nets. And he called them to come to, listen to verse 22. Here's where the thought is coming from. They immediately, they write away without hesitation, without debate, without reservation, follow Jesus. Leaving the boat and their father behind. And the church that loves God's word said amen. Amen. Reach over and catch someone by the hand. Here's the subject for this message. I know Pastor Max says, don't y'all tip and y'all bear with me, but I've been around church folk long enough to know so y'all get this. Don't miss it. It's not going to be long. Look at somebody and say, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Hold those hands. Look at somebody and say, the faith to make a commitment. Now, before you sit down, tell somebody you need the faith. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The faith to make a commitment. Yes, if you're going to honor your commitments you've made to the Lord, 
you need some faith. Amen, someone. Listen, it is said, and I agree with this, that perhaps one of the greatest challenges many in our society face today, including many of us, in fact, I will venture to say that all of us have struggled with this at some point in our lives, and that is the struggle with commitment, the struggle to make a commitment, the struggle to put our hands to something and don't look back, the struggle to say, I'm yours, Lord, and I am not turning around. Commitment as a whole, not only is it difficult for some, and in fact, at times, maybe all of us to make a commitment, it is even more difficult at times to even honor the commitments that we've made. We all are challenged with that. So we don't judge each other. Don't sit there looking all deep and all judgmental. Fact of the matter is you've been there. Am I right about it? Look at somebody and say, you have been there. In which you started out with one attitude. I'm going to make it. I'm not going back. And before you can get halfway down the road, the enemy was slapping you in the face and knocking you down. Jeremiah, the anointed prophet who was a Dane in his mother's womb, said that I want to quit. I don't want to preach anymore. He says this, and I'll quote, my soul is in derision. In other words, I'm going through something. No one respects me. Even the little children make fun of me. So I've decided to hang up my credentials. I've decided to go back on my anointing and my calling. But as he attempted to sit down, he discovered that it's hard to walk away from the anointing. It's like a burning fire shut up in my bone. Listen, it, it, it seems as if for some, the least little obstacle that they encounter causes them to just want to give up, turn around, and walk away. We, we've got to take inventory of who we are and why we are doing what we are. If you expect everything to be a bed of roses, then you are being deceived by the enemy. Amen. The greater the anointing, the greater the struggle. Uh, the greater God has for you to do something great or magnificent or powerful, the more you will struggle. And some of our struggles are nothing more than God proving to the devil that you have what it takes. Job didn't do anything wrong. Job was minding his own business, Brother Rico, and it was God who pointed Job out and said to Satan, well, I, I know you've been calling names of other people that you have deceived, but have you considered 
my servant Job. Sometimes we've got to go through things just to prove to the devil there's some folk who can take a licking and still tick. There are folk that can praise God through all you. Any, anyone in here know how to just praise God through your most difficult times? Everybody goes through something. And if God has called you for anything, you will go through something. I told you several weeks ago, stop the pity parties. You're not the only broke person in church. You're not the only person hoping you can get a better job. You're not the only one that's dealing with family issues. You're not the only one whose children sometimes act as if you didn't raise them and they're out of their mind. Amen. But you got to go through all of that and still know that God is still good all the time. It comes with the territory. Too much that is given, even more is going to be required. So don't you sit here and ask for God's anointing to be on your life and the blessings of God to follow you and bless your family. Because wherever there is a blessing trail, there will be a trail of adversaries right behind your blessings trying to throw you off course so that you won't get what God has for you. Amen. Is there anybody else in here who's discovered it seems like the more God blesses you, the more the enemy tries to take stuff away. And it's, am I right about it? Between every valley, there are mountains. In fact, the literal definition for a valley is a low place between high places. <laughs> and so you can't walk through the valley of the shadow of death without seeing a mountain above you. We've got to look up and not around and not back and not at other folk. When we get down and depressed, we've got to look into the hills. For there is our strength. Amen, somebody. So what is God saying to us? God says, I am challenging you today. All of you that are under the sound of my voice to have the faith to make a commitment and to stick with it. Now, why is faith important as it relates to commitment? Because it takes faith to commit to something that you don't know how things are going to turn out. When, when you commit that I'm going to walk with the Lord and I'm going to walk by faith, it's not that God shows you the pathway all up front and said this is what you're going to have to go through the third week in June in the year 2019. No, God doesn't show you that. God doesn't show us. If God was to show us everything, God would have showed me September 27th, 2006 when my daddy closed his eyes to go with the Lord. But what God told me is that you're going to have to go through something, son, and one day you're going to be discouraged, but you've got to know how to hold your head up high and say, Lord, I still love you. You've got to tell the world this joy I have. The world can't take it away. 
Word and give it in the world. Can't take it away. Anyone can praise God on a mountaintop experience. Oh, I wish I had time to preach this. The greatest example in the Bible, in the Gospels of a mountaintop experience, is the experience on Mount Transfiguration, where Jesus takes these three that he had called earlier on a mountain. And there he sits there with the mighty men of the Old Testament, and Peter sees them. And Peter says, it is good for us to be here. Here's Peter's attitude. Let us build a monument on this mountain and stay here. And Jesus says, our assignment, listen to this, Zion. Tell somebody, don't miss this. Your assignment is not to live on a mountain, but to go there to get strength and leave the mountain so you can deal with valley experiences. Because as they left the mountain on their way down to the valley, there met him a parent with a demonic child. And the parent went to Jesus and says, help deliver my child. I went to your disciples, but they could not cast the demon out. And Jesus said, oh ye of little faith. Because he knew if Jesus would have stayed on that mountain, that demon never would have came out of that child. But how many of you are so glad that when demons invaded your life, you had the anointing to speak to it to every leader in the church you can't live on a mountain to every person that thinks God's hands are on your life you can't live on a mountain You've got to go to the mountain to get strength. The mountain is not where you reside. It's where you go get strength. And you go get filled up. And you go get renewed fervor and, and, and courage. And then come down and tell every demon that's in your way. Great is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Ah, strength to tell demons no weapon formed against anyone in my family shall prosper. You don't have to fight the enemies of your family. You speak over them. You excuse the Ebonics. You ain't even got to speak to the devil. You speak about the devil and tell every devil from the pits of hell, leave me alone. When I see these that are being ordained, I know there's one thing all of you have in common. You've had some praying folk in your life. You've had some praying folk in your life. Some of them, Kashan, you may not even remember, but you had some folk that prayed for you all even before you were born. Sister Monique, it was, it was your grandmama who could not be here. Mother Alberta Simmons, 90-something years old, who got on her knees and knew how to call on the name of the Lord. Somebody ought to help me declare prayer still works. And, Tell them prayer saved my life. Anybody know that prayer delivered you when nothing else could do? Thank God that some folk didn't live on the mountain, but they came down to battle the demons that wanted to destroy your life. So it takes faith to commit to walk with the Lord. 
uh, doing good days and bad days, doing your great times and doing your not so great times. Somebody say, but God. Uh, the faith to make a commitment and to stick to it. The kind of faith that goes beyond you just showing off. Because a whole lot of this church persona is nothing but showboating. Can I say, I'm, I'm, I'm so sick at times of the organized churches and all of these folk that you idolize and all of these folk that you allow their spirits to be downloaded into your spirit by way of internet and YouTube and all of that stuff and you don't know what you're allowing to invade your territory. Just because somebody sounds good doesn't mean you need their spirit in your spirit. Just because somebody say they've got down, you better try the spirit. That's what Bishop used to say to us. Try the spirit, Bradley, and see if it's of God. Everybody that calls Jesus, Jesus, doesn't mean you good. And everybody that lays hands on you cannot anoint you. Some folk, I won't even let lay hands on me. In fact, some folk, God told me, don't even let their words penetrate the atmosphere of my mind. Because I don't want to contaminate God's anointing with fake anointing. May I preach? Y'all told me to take my time. Look at somebody and say, beware of fake anointing. Beware of folk who can preach you into a frenzy. Folk who sing you happy. Get their check and go buy cocaine and get high for the rest of the night. Preach, Pastor Jackson. Folk that preach you into a frenzy. And after church, tip, slip, creep. I'd rather have a stammering, stuttering preacher who's got real anointing than someone who can articulate and who have matriculated through the right places. They may not know Greek, Hebrew, homiletics, or the theology, but they know how to get a prayer through. Thank God for old time preachers that put their hands on their ears and say, Chi, 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 what's his name, Jesus? Anybody thank God for the anointing? Thank God for folk that prayed you out of some situations. Woo. I wear my daddy's cross today. One day out of the year, the cross that was on his body as he laid at that altar, Deacon Hare, because I want to be reminded that I am where I am because I was on somebody else's shoulders. Amen. No matter who we are, we did not make it by ourselves. And don't you think you are all of that because God knows how to take it away from you. Amen. Let me finish this. A commitment, ah, the faith to make a commitment involves total commitment, not halfway commitment. It doesn't mean that you are committed on Sundays, but you are not committed for the rest of the week. It doesn't mean that you are committed when the spotlights are on and people look at you. But the true character of a person is what they do when nobody else is watching. 
don't ever judge me as your pastor based on how I perform under the lights. But judge me by the life I live when nobody else is watching. How I treat my family, how I treat my children, how I treat somebody in the street who has no title. They're not a deacon or a minister. They're just somebody who's trying, can I stop and talk to them? Can I treat everybody like they're a child of God? Because there's some folk will kiss up on you in church and walk right by you in Piggly Wiggly or Bilos or Food Lion. That's what you're known as. So God said, total surrender, absolute faithfulness, regardless of the circumstances. Listen to this. For commitment is what separates the faith walkers from the faith talkers. There are a whole lot of faith talkers. True commitment involves faith. But we're told in Hebrews 11 and 6 that without faith, it is impossible for us to live a life that's pleasing to God. You will never be committed if you don't walk by faith. Amen. You can hang in there for a little while, but faith <laughs> gives you the strength to weather the storm. Faith gives you the strength to say, I'll take a beating. I I I'll go through something, but I'll trust God. Listen to this wonderful quote, and we'll move to the text. A noted biblical scholar by the name of Dr. William Barclay, one of my favorite theologians of the past. He is quoted as saying, and I quote, faith is not only a commitment to the promises of God. Anybody can commit to God's promises, but faith is also a commitment to the will of God. In other words, I'm not just elated by what you have promised me, but I am committed to your will for my life. And if you want the promises of God, you must be committed to the will of God. Real commitment is often demonstrated by what we're willing to go through and what we're willing to sacrifice. May I ask you something? What are you willing to give up for the Lord? Are you willing to give up fleshly desires? Are you willing to give up what satisfies your flesh? The problem with the world today is that we think everything that makes us feel bad is against us. And I will, I will venture to tell you that everything that makes you feel good is not always good for you. When we give up the anointing to chase things that God did not place in our life. Some mornings you're going to wake up and don't feel like doing what you're doing. Some mornings it's going to be hard to do what you do. Some mornings my wife can tell in fact every Sunday morning you're going to wake up and the problem is not how does your back hurt, it's how bad does it hurt. Somebody asked me the other day, how often does, does your back hurt? I said, the question is, how bad does it hurt? I went to the doctor. He said, your question is not will you have pain, but how much pain can you tolerate? And I said, what do you mean? He says, you've got a condition that won't ever go away. And every morning you're going to wake up with pain. Particularly earlier, I said, it seems like it's even more pronounced on Sunday morning. The devil is a liar. But I've got to wake up and say to the devil... Thank you 
for what you gave me because I've learned through my pain develops my testimony. I've learned to go through. How many of you ever came through some things? And it's, it's not if you're going through something, it's how much are you going to go through. I don't fool me now, but I just want to see those who stand up who's ever had to go through something and still your praise came through your pain. You've learned to praise God. You've held your back. You've held your knee. You had to hold on just to stand up. But you've lied. You learned how to praise God. Your pressure was up. Your pressure was low. But you still know how to give God a praise. Arthritis infected your body, but it did not hamper your praise. You know how to praise God with swollen joints, and you still clap your hands. Make the devil mad and give God your best praise. So here we are. Ooh, I've got to move on because we get to the text. Ooh, and in the text, somebody say in the text, we have a wonderful example of Jesus calling four of his early disciples. Note, Jesus found them working. Somebody just missed that. If you're sitting on the couch lazy, waiting on something, it's going to pass you by. Jesus liked to find people working. Because here's what I've discovered. Don't y'all get mad at me. But lazy people in the house are usually lazy people in church. <laughs> I just, and I know y'all mad at me. If you don't pick up your socks at home, you don't pick up paper at church. You just, that's just you. You just, people that are lazy are usually lazy. And so when Jesus have certain assignments, he liked to find working people. So he finds Andrew and Peter and James and John, and they were working. They were fishermen. They were cleaning their nets. They were getting ready to go out. And Jesus says to them in very simplistic terms, follow me and I'll help you fish for people. Note he did not elaborate on the assignment. He didn't give them a dissertation. Jesus didn't write a thesis. He didn't write a paper. Jesus didn't write the pros and the cons. Jesus didn't say, let me write everything you've got to consider. Sometimes you've got to walk by faith. And when the Lord tells you to follow me, God just wants you to stop doing what you're doing and say, God, I hear you and I'll do what you say. Even if I don't know how it's going to turn out. He says, follow me. And as a result, Andrew and Peter and James and John follows Jesus and they become a part of his inner circle. Three things I want to share with you before we pray at the altar that we ought to take note of this experience and hopefully it will help you as you look at what God is calling you to do. Number one is this, 
these men were not religious leaders. In other words, look at somebody and say they weren't big shots. They weren't biblical scholars. <laughs> they weren't wealthy or influential. These men were not professors of theology. These men were not scribes. They did not sit at the feet of Gamaliel. They were not on the Sanhedrin court. They were hard-working, everyday fishermen. I am convinced that when Jesus decided I need somebody to spread the gospel of the good news, he didn't want folk who thought they were all of that. Because you know how some folk think. They think that nothing can get done unless they are the ones. They think they're the greatest thing, third, fourth person in the Trinity. But Jesus says, I, I, they, these were just simple, ordinary, hard-working people. So the devil is a liar if he tells you God can't use you. Amen. I'm convinced most of the great work that's been done has been done by simple, hard-working people. God found them. Don't get so wedded into credentials that are not used to take you to where God wants to. But they believed God. They trust God. Second thing is this. They were not chosen by Jesus because Jesus knew that they would not ever mess up or make a mistake. Jesus, in fact, knew all of their faults, knew all of their weaknesses, knew all of their natural proclivities, and he still chose them. He chose Peter knowing that Peter was a liar and a fighter. He chose Peter knowing that he would one day cut somebody's ear off. He chose Peter knowing that he would deny him three times and lie about the extent of his relationship. I'm going somewhere. Jesus takes you and cleans you up and takes all of your shortcomings and all of your faults and say, I still want to use you because I can see something good behind all the mess that's in your life. Somebody ought to thank God for choosing you despite all the shortcomings you had. Am I right about it? And here's the third and the final one. They had the faith to make a commitment, not even knowing how things would turn out. Verses 20 and 22 says they left something. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, you've got to give up something. They, they left their careers. They left their boats. They left their nets. James and John left their father Zebedee and followed Jesus. I don't know what God is asking us to do personally. But the challenge to all of us today is that are we willing to make a commitment to walk by faith, not even knowing how things are going to turn out? Are we willing not to go by our emotions or how we feel, but to say, Lord, I trust you. Here I am, Lord. I'll give myself to you, knowing that folk won't appreciate it, knowing that folk will sometimes abuse you. Are you trusting God? It takes faith. Look at somebody, catch somebody by the hand and say, it takes faith to go to the next level in your life. Uh, you've got to commit to say, Lord, I, I, I'm standing with you. I know it gets hard. But here I am, as we stand to our feet all over this place, 
I want you to do something for me. Just lift those hands to the Lord. Lift those hands. Is there anybody in here that's ready to make this commitment to the Lord? This is the day in which we make it. This is the day that I challenge you. To look at your commitment level and ask yourself, am I totally committed? Do I show up when I'm not even feeling good? Lord, can I worship you? If it rains, do I just buy an umbrella and still go to church? Or do I roll over in the bed and say, I'll catch it next Sunday? Uh, am I a faithful tither and a giver because I know you'll open the windows of heaven and bless me? Do I get discouraged when folk talk about me and, and I don't even want to worship anymore? Or am I committed to something greater than how I feel and what I'm going through? Here's what the word of the song said. I give myself away. I give myself away so that you can use me. But this is the part I like. Here I am. Before you come to this altar, lift those hands and say, here I am. Tell the Lord, here I stand. My life is in your hands. Lord, I am longing in to see your desires revealed in me. Now lift those hands and say, I give myself away. Look at somebody and say, it is not about you. Amen. Amen. Are you willing to make that commitment? Leave your seats and walk down the aisles and stand at this altar as we make that commitment to the Lord today. Oh, yeah. The faith to make a commitment and stick with it. Any worshipers today, as many of you as can on this consecration Sunday, that's right, come, come right now. Give myself away. I give myself away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lift those hands to the Lord. Come on, walk down some other for we'll wait on you if you're in the balcony and you want to come look at all of these young people that are walking down the aisles today and others are coming that's right come on now. look at god look at god come on now. yeah yeah that's right yeah. Yeah, yeah, I give myself. I give myself. Make sure you can. So you can you. Come on, tell us. I give myself. 
listen. Listen as the choir sings softly. We prepare something for you. This is just a little reminder that in 2019, when the enemy comes to test your faith, it says walking by faith. On the back it says the commitment, the faith to make a commitment. And here's what it says. And we, and we don't want you to sign it, just get it. Keep it in your pocket, in your car, on your refrigerator. Take it to work with you. Put it in the presence of demons on your job and everywhere else. It says throughout, it says throughout 2019, I commit, somebody say, I commit to walking by faith and not by sight. <laughs> Woo. Everybody ought to get one. We've printed some. We have some more on Tuesday nights. We, we want you to get it. Ushers have him. We want you to get it at the altar. If you're standing at the altar, get it. I give myself. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I give. Everybody, take my heart, take my life, take my life. That's right, everybody gets one, everybody. for somebody in here. I read this yesterday. I was meditating. And I was reading an article in one of the uh, faith magazines that I subscribe to. And the article says something that was so profound. It says, we must learn how to turn our misery into a ministry and our test into a testimony. And I said, God, I got that. And God told me to speak into somebody's life in 2019. And God says, I'm going to take what has brought you misery. And I'm going to use it so you can minister to somebody else. Amen. Tell somebody God's working on your ministry. You think you're just going through something. But that demon that's all up in your life, they're just a part of developing an, a, a ministry a testimony for you and watch God turn it around. Amen. Watch He do it. Come on and tell Him again. Quiet. I give, I give myself away. But you've got to totally you. surrender. Oh, oh, oh. I give. give myself. 
tell them my life is not my own. <laughs> Everybody, come on together. You are belong. I give myself. Come on and sing. I like it. Sing it Say it again, Billy. My, my life, my life is not my own. Catch the hand of someone. Here's the challenge to those of you that are in this place. Over 2,000 of you are in this place at this 11 o'clock service right now. Even many more that are viewing and listening. It's not about you. Please tell somebody it's not about you. And here's the challenge. God says, when are you going to commit to something that is greater than yourself? Whew. That's all he's asking for. Some of you, you are being challenged by God to make a commitment. The reason we come join churches, the reason we commit to ministry is because we say to God, we're committing to something that's greater than ourselves. Look, I, I appreciate everybody that comes, but sooner or later you have to stop being a spectator. Amen. And be a participator to tell God, I don't want to just enjoy ministry. Don't miss this. But I want to be a part of ministry. Amen. And God wants to bless you. I don't know what it is. God is calling some of you right now. And after we pray this prayer of faith, you've got to commit your life to something greater than you. And if you want to make that commitment this morning, today, we await right here. God is calling you to something greater than what you're going through. Your misery is about to come your ministry. Your test is about to become your testimony and watch God bless others through you. So after we pray, if you want to commit, if you want to join the church, if you want to commit to God's kingdom, if you want to just rededicate your life back to the Lord, and you don't mind standing up, standing at the altar, say, here I am, Lord. Sometimes it's good to just stand and say, I'm not ashamed for the world to know that I'm taking this to the next level. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you this day. We thank you for this consecration, dedication Sunday. We thank you for the message that you have asked that we share. Thank you for the instructions that you gave me over a week ago how to preach this message, how to take my time, Keep it low. Don't get too excited. It's not about the shout. But now it's about hearing the word. Lord, somebody has been challenged. Someone has been challenged to take the next step. To do as Andrew and Peter and James and John. And leave the cares of the world behind and follow you not even knowing how it's going to turn out but we thank you lord 
we say thank you in Jesus name somebody say in Jesus name amen amen put your arms around somebody and say make a commitment make the commitment if you want to commit you want to join the church if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord let today be your day come on step out on faith wherever you are come on if, if, if you want to come on come on come on stand come stand at this altar if you if God is calling you to something higher if God is calling you to something greater come on and stand right here at the altar wherever you are Look at God. God bless you, young man. Help me to decrease as you increase. I give myself God bless you. Can I get some anointed men of God to come and just stand around this brother right now? It's all right. Anyone else? Come on. God is calling you. Let this be your day. Let this be your moment. Somebody else is coming I'm right now. Give myself. Give myself everything I have. Everything Come on. I've got to give myself away. Somebody else. Wherever you are, God's calling you. This is your moment. This my is your day. Life is not my own. Thank you, brother. Ed. Somebody, come on, give God a hand to pray. My life is not my own. Come on in. Wherever you are, this is your moment. The altar is open for you. Someone else, wherever you are. Clap those hands and celebrate what God is, is doing here. Come. Come on and tell him again, my life is not I want somebody to just punch your hands this way and celebrate as they walk. Look what God is doing. I give myself. Everybody, one more time. I feel like worshiping for a moment. My life is not my own. God bless you. Come on and lift it up, say. Oh, I give myself. I give myself. Somebody give God a praise for the word of God.